Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. As always, I'm so grateful for you guys tuning in week after week. It means the world to me. I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors. Um, you guys have been so fantastic in helping me get to where I am today. Wasatch Recovery, Siegfried & Jensen, Mori Nutrition, and Thread Wallets. Thank you so much, guys, for believing in me and believing in the cause. And today we are joined by two special people in my life, honestly, people that I look up to. And both of them have been on my podcast a couple times. And now I have them together. <laughs> and it's cool how this all kind of came about. And so uh, we're in for a treat. And I, I want to, before I introduce them, I, I, you know, people ask me all the time, go, you know, your podcast is doing so well. And, you know, you know, they're asking me like I'm some expert kind of thing. I'm like, well, no, the only reason why this has gone well is because of my guests and I don't make it about me. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's gone really well. So today's going to be no different. We are in for a treat. Today we have Boyd Matheson. He is the host of KSL News Radio, Inside Sources, KSL's TV Sunday edition, and nationally recognized social and political commentator. Um, I've known Boyd for years now. He's an amazing human being who lives by principles that I admire. Um, I really love having him here. Oh, I'm getting emotional. I don't know why. See, this is why I made sure that I know. <laughs> um, and then we also have Gainalyn Condi, who is a popular motivational speaker. She is an author who's written how many? 17 books. 17, 18 I mean, almost, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, she has a bachelor's of education and minor in psychology. Uh, she's gone through some really tough times. Uh, she lost her sister to uh, suicide. Um, and you've been an advocate for mental health for many, many years. You speak in the prisons. You've, you're on Good Things Utah. You have your own talk show. You've got all kinds of things. You're doing so much. Both of you are two of the most busy people I've ever met. <laughs> but yet the stuff you're doing is needed. It's good. It's, it, it brings light into this world. And uh, so welcome to the show. Well, it's good to be here with two of my yeah. favorite people in one spot. I just feel like it's when Reese's peanut butter decided <laughs> to put chocolate and peanut butter together. That's what this feels like. This feels like taking two of my favorites and putting them together is yeah. just like elevating everything. Wow. So well, that's just, that's yeah, great spot. Nowhere better to be and uh, no more important conversation to have. So Yeah. No, and again, you know, like I said, you both have been on before and the, the feedback I've received from both of your you know, both of your episodes, the, you know, the multiples of those have been so fantastic. And so we are all in for a treat and I'm the one who's going to be blessed the most because I get to sit with you guys and hear your, your knowledge and your, and your, your takes on, on what we need to talk about. So I thought we'd talk about, let's kick it off with some compassion. Mm -hmm. You know, it feels like the world in a lot of ways is lacking compassion um, I see it a lot with my clients that I deal with on, on a daily basis, but you know, the world it's, it's almost like it's, you know, you know, it's like, you know, if you're not an alpha male, if you're not, you know, it's like get up and go and grind. And, you know, it's almost like that. If you're not doing that, you're looked down upon mm -hmm. and, you know, not, you know, that's not for everyone to, to live that way. Nothing wrong with going out and grinding, but at the same time, I feel like 
people are looked down upon, people don't have compassion for those who are struggling. I know you two do. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. And Boyd, maybe we start with you. Just, I know this has been on your mind over the last few days, and I'd love yeah. to hear your thoughts on you that. Know, I had a really interesting conversation this week, and it's the, the one thing that is so awesome about the work that all of us do is we get to meet extraordinary people. We yeah. can be radically curious about what is going on. And I had the opportunity to sit down with uh, Yeonmi Park, uh, who defected from oh, yeah. North Korea. And she actually got me thinking about compassion uh, because she was talking about growing up in North Korea, very oppressive regime. And she said, one of the things that you don't have is what you don't learn. And one of the things you don't learn mm. is compassion. Mm. And she, she described, you know, walking uh, to her school and, you know, seeing a dead body on the street was not uncommon. And Jeez. when they saw that, you, you didn't think anything or feel anything. She said it was no different than seeing a tree at the side of the road. Uh, and so that absence of compassion uh, is such a scary thing, um, in a, not only in a regime like that, but in a world that we all live in. Yeah. When we disconnect from who we are as human beings, fellow travelers, uh, then everything goes sideways. And we see it in our politics. We see it in the zero-sum game of, if Todd, if you're doing better, that means I'm doing less better, so therefore yeah. you must be bad and evil and awful uh, <laughs> because there's only enough, uh, rather than having that abundance mentality. Compassion is born of abundance. Mm. Uh, compassion is born of understanding. Yeah. Compassion is really born of being curious of, I wonder why Gainalyn thinks that way, or I wonder why she thinks that's a good solution to that problem mm -hmm. uh, because that's where the wonder is where awe is mm. and that's where we actually start to understand our place in the world and our place uh, between heaven and earth because when you understand place uh getting to peace and compassion is is a whole lot easier well you know one thing you said that i've learned from you is about you've always had this um belief that there's abundance there's mm. enough for everyone yeah. and instead of having the mentality like, oh they're doing good so i must be doing bad Right, I love that you 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 believe that, and that's your philosophy. Like, no, there is enough for all of us to go out and make a difference in this yeah. world, and we got to be careful not to compare. Yeah. But I love that you point that out. Well, I feel like you're both examples of uh, trying to help always pass on or open doors for others. And I was just thinking as you were talking about that example from North Korea. Um, just recently watched a, a disturbing but inspiring movie, Zone of Interest. Mm -hmm. And it's a perspective, true story, which is disturbing of itself, right. of kind of the architect of the gas chambers and Auschwitz and yeah. his family oh, lived literally like their garden wall, shared the wall of Auschwitz. And the family was, you know, swimming in the pool and growing mm -hmm. the garden and had their house made slaves and, and had this very s specific zone of interest, right? Mm -hmm. And on the other side of the garden wall, literally the chimneys are going wow. 24 hours a day. And mm. and he eventually, um, House, is who who's the architect, you know, is, is found a year after the war ends and brought to Nuremberg and um, w tried for war crimes and responsible for, they think, at least three million deaths. Mm. And wow. when when you were just talking about North Korea, it's like, what is our zone of interest? And one of the things I feel when I talk to both of you is I don't even sometimes register where I'm depleted in mm -hmm. compassion until I'm with someone that shows up in compassion. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I cry oftentimes talking to both of you within two minutes, because <laughs> even 
as intentional as I try to be with my own self-compassion and my own mental health, sometimes my zone of interest is off mm. where I'm yeah. outputting the compassion and not always receiving. Both mm. of you are so generous about opening doors of compassion for others. And I think it's that abundance mindset. What are we focusing on? And yeah. we could be sitting next to the biggest atrocities. And, and one part of this movie that I wish if I could tell the filmmakers from Poland uh, one adjustment was they have this underlining story of a girl in the town that every night she goes out and puts apples in the dig pits where all of the um, all the concentration camp you know workers that weren't gassed right away were taken and every night she goes out and sticks these apples. And one mm. night she goes and sticks an apple and finds uh, some music that one of the mm. the camp members had stuck in the pit oh, so really? she would find it. Mm. And, and the movie just kind of touches on that, that in the same town there was this family that was just living their lives and comfortable in yeah. war and benefiting from it. And then this one girl... Mm. that I think what will be the number of lives she impacted and saved and she didn't know we don't know her story right and at what point will God show each of us the little apples that we've placed and how do you measure that and so I think compassion like that when you just spend a minute listening to someone or asking how they're doing or looking them in the eye or opening Mm. the door or leaving an apple yeah. I mean, that's huge. And both of you have impacted my life at, at various times when I didn't realize I was depleted, right? And yeah. so I think that's the important thing when we're talking compassion, yeah. that a little bit goes a really long way. Yeah, and it's so interesting, too, because the world that we live in is, is just disconnecting. It's desensitizing a lot of what we see, and yeah. social media can just desensitize us to mm-hmm. kind of the shock factor wears yeah. off and you don't <laughs> think about it anymore. It was really interesting. Um, after uh, Brianna Taylor's tragic death in Kentucky, Yes. Um, by the police. There's only one officer that was actually charged uh, in that case, and he was charged with wanton endangerment. Mm. And mm. if you look it up in the Kentucky State Code, yes, I looked it up in the Kentucky <laughs> State Code. That's why we have Boyd. Uh, that's why we have Boyd, yeah. <laughs> but the definition of that is extreme indifference to human life extreme indifference and that uh, that was one of those two by four to the head moments for me of like how often am i being indifferent indifference is worse than anger yeah i think Mm -hmm. because anger you're at least showing emotion towards someone that you care that you have passion towards something extreme indifference uh is, is the ultimate it's the ultimate disconnector and it's the opposite of compassion uh, and so we have to be careful, you know, especially in the world where we have this 24-7 news cycle and yeah. social media is always in our face. You talked about comparison. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at your life through comparison is always fatal vision. Uh, yeah, and it right. often leads us to, to disconnect more. Yeah. But then you get to that indifference moment, and then you've done two things. You've, you've isolated yourself, and you've disconnected your ability to impact others. Yeah. And that's what makes us human, and that's also what makes us divine. Yeah, wow beautifully said I I love what you said though about that kind of like grind mentality and and I I had this on my mind yesterday a lot of why do we describe or define success by like doubling the matrix or 
you know, um, right. 50% increase in sales or a hundred percent increase in followers or, and I was, I was listening to a content creator just say, what if success was really that you sit on the couch and you can read your book and your dog's there? Mm. Why, yeah. why is it that success is only about more? Mm. Yeah. And it's interesting, the values or virtues that we sometimes feel mm. are limited, there's really no end to compassion and love yeah. and forgiveness, right? Yeah. But success feels like no matter how much you double it, you're always thinking if you've defined it a certain way that yeah. there's a lack. What's next? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and yet the values that I think at, you know, 53 that really matter to me the most, there is no end to them. And yet, if you took them down to the bare elements of what make them mm. a value, it, it's not the things that we think. It's not yeah. money. It's not fame. It's not number of followers or, or how big your house is. And so I wonder if we redefined mm. what success was, we would get a greater sense to some of those other mm. things we want access yeah. to, which is compassion and love and forgiveness, because all of a yeah. sudden we'd see it I like, wait, that. it's in this moment of this conversation. Yeah. It is, it's in this sitting still and feeling contentment in my mm. life. It's, it's not being comparison driven on social media, but it is it, those one-on-one -on -one conversations that we're having. And all of a sudden we do have enough and we yeah. do feel successful yeah. and we aren't so depleted. Yeah. I love that. I heard uh, Gary V. He's a mm. motivational speaker. Yeah. He he talks about how the definition of success should be for all of us is waking up in a good mood. Mm. Wow! Because you can have the car, you can have the money, you can have the followers, you can have all this stuff. But if you're waking up stressed out, angry, mm. upset, whatever it may be, well, is that really success? Because you got all this, but yet you're waking up miserable. Yeah. So the definition should be waking up in a good mood. I woke up today and I feel great, right? If we can get to that place consistently, mm. that's what success should probably yeah. look like. Because ultimately, we're talking about more. I think it's in the Buddhist tradition where they <laughs> I say- I knew it was coming. Hold yeah. on. <laughs> it's all right. That was Gaina Lynn, by the way. You, she's coughing. Uh, we got her a water though. Uh, but I, you know, they talk about the, the definition of abundance and it's usually more but it's th in the Buddhist philosophy, abundance means being. To be able to sit on the couch and just be and know that you're okay. A lot of my clients will be like, you know, why did you relapse? And it's like, well, I was bored. Mm -hmm. And I'll ask them, what's the definition of bored? Like, how would you define that? And they can't define it. And I'll say, mm -hmm. it's you're uncomfortable in your own skin, so you need to distract yourself from yourself. You can't just sit and be. Yeah, I just thought, no, it's interesting. Yeah, and, and really getting to that being that ability to be present, uh, to just be still yeah. uh, in a moment. Mm. Uh, but that's also crucial in terms of our compassion and our connection to other people. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I still believe that the most holy thing, sacred thing you can give another person is your presence, mm -hmm. your whole presence. Wow. Yeah. And whether it's with a spouse, whether it's with a child, whether it's with a friend, uh, when you can be wholly present, W-H-O-L-E-Y, <laughs> you can be fully, completely present, then you can be wholly, sacredly present. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and that changes everything. Yeah. And and again, and I, I know you don't need the praise or want the praise, but you're really good at that, like making people, when you're talking to them, you, I mean, I remember all my conversations with you, you made me feel like I'm the only person in the room 
and it did. You, there is a difference. You can tell, mm-hmm. like that this person's engaged. They care about what yeah. I'm thinking and saying, and I'm yeah. seen. Yeah, you know. Both of, of you are brilliant at that. Both of you. Well, are brilliant I try. I try to follow this guy. <laughs> well, it's true. that's good because I'm following Gainelay, so. <laughs> so we can't go wrong. Oh. Yeah. Well, I I yeah. do think though too that to go underneath whether it's bored and relapse and mm. addiction or it's it's compassion i think it's a pain problem you yeah. know and when we look at man managing pain in the world whether it's with pharmaceuticals or distraction or social mm. media mm-hmm. whatever it is i think our response in the world whether it's on the political stage or in our mental yeah. health or in our relationships is about pain control you know it's been mm. 10 years since meg died by mm. suicide which is yeah. crazy cuz i feel like um, there's moments where I think that was last week and then yeah, there's other yeah. moments I'm thinking, what what have I done with that stewardship of 10 years mm-hmm. of pain? And yeah. what do I understand about my own pain? What do I understand about yeah. pain in the world? And, and one, of the, one of the things I think is so inspiring about watching both of you is that when we give space for being wholly present and connection, we're managing pain. Mm. And actually social media i don't believe is giving us that right i i I appreciate when people give feedback and say um i go to your pages because i know i'm gonna feel that sacred holy perspective on the Mm. world it's what i try to share and i know both of you do as well but in reality uh did not we learned from COVID that we were lacking in, <laughs> yeah, right. and all of a sudden we we got a cultural wake up of wait we're, we're in pain and we're not together mm. and we're not holding holding space for that. And I think one of the greatest gifts is to have a friend that is willing yeah. to sit with you and not say, okay, I've got to get going or I'm distracted by whatever, and I'm going to just sit a little longer with you mm. in that pain. And I think the research shows it only takes eight seconds. Like it's not this long, (laughs) you know, please solve my problems, be my therapist. But we do have this, I think, problem right now of pain control. Mm. Can I play off of that? Just listening to Gayland describe that. I think it's I think there's so many who are out there who are in pain. And to your body, that that pain is the same, whether it's mental, emotional, Mm -hmm. physical. And then there's this sort of whipsaw kind of thing that happens because you, uh, so I dealt with cluster migraines for yeah. 30 plus years. Uh, and There's for me, nothing <laughs> worse. Oh man. Man. It, it uh, is the, the, it is, I mean, if there's a fun. cute label for it, it sounds fine. But if you sit with it for a moment and understand what that means. There's lots yeah. of descriptors, but none of them are positive exactly. when it comes to cluster <laughs> migraines. Yeah. Uh, but so there was always this moment. So, you know, I'd get up in the morning and if my pain was at a seven, it was like, okay, game on let's let's do the day (laughs) but then the moment that pain went up a notch went to maybe an eight on that pain scale then the whipsaw would start and i'd have past pain memories of how awful it was last time all the devastation it caused the last time uh ended up at the er had to you know do this or that Uh, and so you have this going backwards backwards facing remembrance of how bad it was or how painful it felt and then you also have this projection forward of is this my new normal? Uh, or yeah. if I take something, uh, I'm going to miss the game or I'm going to have to miss work. Or if I don't do anything, I'm going to end up back in the, you know. So you've got past and future 
uh, and and that's a whipsaw in and oh, of itself. It's a downward time. spiral yeah, in terms right. of relapse and sure. things like that. I mean, that is the that's the that's fast the path. definition yeah. of pain, right there. Yeah. Right, you're in the future and the past all at the same yeah. time. Yeah, and wow. so for me, the whole thing was learning to be present, uh, and the and really the power of I think what has become my favorite word and a and d that i can feel this pain and i can still get my work done i can feel this pain and i can still Love go to that. my kids game or, yeah. or be at a family activity or whatever it may be and so learning to to push the the past and the future out of the equation and sometimes we do need to sit with our pain and sometimes we need to sit with a, a friend in our pain yeah but if we can do that in a present space as opposed to backward facing or looking off into the <laughs> this is going to be perpetual uh, we can get really still in that moment, and that actually helps us to figure out what's how do we actually live with that in a way that's actually positive. Wow, it's beautiful. I think both yeah. of you love to like turn the lens back on to somebody else, so I'm going to turn the lens back on both of you because <laughs> I'm the unofficial hey, that producer is not in the rules of this today. Segment. I don't, I don't yeah. remember. I that was wasn't the, in your talking. I points. was the unofficial <laughs> producer of this segment. Um, I think it's interesting as you were talking, and because I feel like I've gotten to know both of you professionally and then over time personally mm -hmm. it's interesting if i think we were to both you know turn the lenses back on each other and say what do you think your biggest weaknesses or your biggest strength is right it's interesting to me every time i try that you know experiment it's funny to me that the things people will say are literally the opposite of what i would think they would say because it's the strength i see in them yeah. and i think as you were just talking boyd I, a little bit of what i know of you on a friendship level is that that's your superpower of staying very present in the mm, last sure. 10 months i've i've leaned on boyd as a friend to yeah. be like i'm frustrated with the wandering that i'm mm -hmm. doing right now yeah and, and it i wonder if potentially that that chronic condition has actually created that superpower of staying mm. very present and intentional. Mm. And I would say the same for you if, if you've taken this, this journey of addiction and, and really given it back to the world in a way that you've been able to take your pain and it's become your superpower in, in holding space for other people's pain. And so I would just offer to listeners, wherever you think you're, you're lacking mm. or you're inadequate in that area, I wonder if you're currently not aware that that's actually yeah. what people closest to you would oh. say is your superpower mm -hmm. that you've gotten so good at the end and staying present. Yeah. I mean, you were just sharing with me um, recently, Boyd was about how good he's gotten at when he landed and that's where he was at and then when you get home that's where you're at yeah. and and i said to you wow before it was cool to be like intentional and <laughs> and mindful boyd was already practicing it what a gift if you're dealing yeah. with chronic pain to practice that gift and and, and same for you and i would yeah. just say for myself it's usually the area of my life that i'm feeling the most shame about or frustrated mm. with or why haven't i made progress in yeah, this area yeah. and then others will reflect back wait what that's where i think you're amazing that's yeah, where right. you're a superpower yeah. and yeah. what really that no 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 that's where i'm about? still working progress for <laughs> yeah. sure but that's so important for everyone to recognize yeah. uh and that is one of gail lynn's superpowers <laughs> is to help us see uh those spaces because uh earned empathy uh, is a is a real thing, yeah. and there is a there is a softening that comes through our own suffering. That if we don't just focus on ourselves uh, and we start to reflect that back out, 
uh, that's where the greatest opportunities for impact are. Uh, and as Gaylin said, sometimes you don't recognize that you're doing that, but often that's what other people see and what they're actually attracted to. Earned empathy mm. is like a magnet. And yeah. and I know you both have had experiences where people are just drawn into your life and into your circle because they need the earned empathy that you've yeah. done the hard work and heavy lifting over the course of your life to actually own. Wow. It reminds me, and this might not make sense, but it should. <laughs> um, you shared something with me once about Neil A. Maxwell mm-hmm. when he when he got yeah. cancer and he was asked by someone, I think a reporter, yeah. like, you know, you've, you've served the Lord, you've yeah. done all this stuff, and all of a sudden now you get cancer. Yeah. Do you feel like you've basically been kind of gypped? And yeah. if, I, if, I, if I remember the story right, he says, basically, I now can um, – testify with authenticity, authenticity. Yeah. i've never forgotten that story i mean he tells you're like this wise man in my life he's told me so many he's nuggets Yoda. and i still use like kairos moments and stuff i share it with my clients every day and I, I always give credit to you but it's almost like when you go through those trials you can yeah. now testify if you will yeah. with authenticity yeah. Yeah. i know what you're feeling because i've been there yeah. You know and what's I love coming that. to my mind is our shared favorite story of the pit. Like, <laughs> Boyd and I share a love of West Wing, and there's this okay. great, and I just messaged him the other day because I've rewatched the whole series probably 40 times, which is somewhat embarrassing. Um, She's probably. still 10 behind my yeah. family, but it's okay. <laughs> but I, got you in real time, it was the episode that we both really love, and it's exactly that story of, mm. of a previous addict in recovery who's mm-hmm. the boss of a of josh Lyman for all the west wing fans out there who's dealing with ptsd after being shot yeah. and he's having a response um and they get some help for him and, and he's afraid he's going to lose his job because it's probably not effective to have ptsd and work in the west wing and 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 his boss leo mcgarry you know is tells this great story of you know the guy that's walking along and falls in a pit and and yells for help, and his rabbi walks by. I always change it up. It's like Mormon bishop, rabbi, Catholic <laughs> priest. priest. Yeah. I, yeah, I give all it. reps because I love interfaith. So um, his rabbi throws a scripture down, and he keeps yelling, help, help. And the doctor walks by and throws a prescription down. or you know, And then he's yelling, help, help. And his friend walks by and jumps in the pit. And he's like, dude, now we're both stuck here. And he's like, no, no, you don't understand. I've been in this pit, and I know the way out. And uh, I I just think of that often of, you know, Neil A. Maxwell can squeeze more in one sentence than, I mean, right? He, I think he's essence the mo- of the essence right. of the essence. I was just talking to Carrie right. Mules. I was talking to Carrie Mulestein yesterday. He's the Isaiah expert, and I'm like, I think Neil A. Maxwell is the modern day Isaiah. Like, why Isaiah triggers people is because Isaiah was squeezing like everything into two words, you know? Yeah. And and sometimes I think when you're when you're in those pit moments, yeah. it's so helpful. That's why I think podcasts are so effective. I you do. have no idea what this conversation does for someone who's fallen in the pit two weeks Mm. from now or two years from now that they remember uh, a story or a reflection i love that you know i had a just a and we'll we'll move on to another subject i could talk to you guys all day (laughs) but i had a client stand up here who's you know been through hell and back Mm. you know heroin addict just you can imagine you know it's not just the drugs it's all the criminal behavior and all the consequences from that the lack of relationship all trust. Of, all yeah. of it. Well, he stands up, and, he, and we were going around the room. Everyone, hey, you got something on your heart to share today? It was there was no, just if you got anything, 
And this guy gets up and I put it to my memory because I thought, I don't want to ever forget this. And he stood, stands up and he says, I try to find myself, myself I could not see. I try to find my God, my God eluded me. I tried to find my brother, I've found all three. Mm. And I thought, dang, love that. there's where it is. And again, what we're talking about yeah. ultimately, because when we have compassion, we typically are reaching yeah. out yeah. and finding our brother or sister who's struggling. And in that process, we find ourselves, we find the God, we find, I mean, it's all, it's like the trifecta, right? Yeah. We get all of them in that moment. And, and again, that's what we're ultimately talking about here. And, yeah. and it's just beautiful to hear your words on compassion, both of you and, mm. and hopefully, um, people listening to this, man, you're feeling this because you're feeling what I'm feeling. This mm. is, this is amazing. Yeah. And it's so interesting that we, you know, we live in this society that is <clears throat> really pushing towards the opposite ends of that. It is all of this othering mm. them, uh, kind of language yeah. that disconnects us and prevents us from being brothers and sisters, uh, and having that connection. Uh, I had right. a conversation with John Powell, uh, who uh, actually has a new book coming out on othering. Uh, oh, he's really? down at uh, Cal Berkeley. Amazing, amazing guy. He's someone everybody should read. You should go listen to his podcast. Yeah. Um, but he described the the work that he did in Africa and in many of these villages, the way they greet each other is not, hey, how you doing? Or how's the weather? Or what's going on? Yeah. It's the God in me sees the God in you. Uh, and I just, I just love that whole principle and yeah. concept um, that that's how we have to see each other. And when, and when the God in me sees the God in you, uh, we get past labels, we get past social economics, we get past race and religion and all the other otherings Dang. that are out there. Uh, and then amazing. you can have a completely different kind of conversation <laughs> with someone because wow. you're not even you're not even seeing them. Sometimes we say, you know, if you can only see them as God sees them, just see them, mm -hmm. just see them wherever they are, whatever's going on, just see. And when we stop and slow ourselves down enough uh, to be present enough to actually see that that Dang. I see you, the God yeah. in me sees the God wow. in you. Uh, that's a different opportunity. For sure. But I do think the othering is is the the result of lack of pain control. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean I think yeah. that cop mm. that was charged in that shooting, you know, I think shout out to our first responders and their mental health right now yeah. of pain right. control. Mm. You know, and I think yeah. if we're not giving space for conversations, especially for men's health, right? When mm. generally we're we're not giving those those opportunities to process some of that then i do think we become um numb to yeah. and then it's easier to just other yeah. each other right. because yeah. it, then it it allows us to feel some sense of safety like if you're about that and i can tell myself a story about why in a presidential election year you're acting that way and posting that way i don't even have to engage and i just wonder if there's a fatigue factor mm that we're not addressing so that we're not giving conversations to each other mm. and like the North Korea. Yeah. I mean, if, if no one has given you space for that yeah. and no one has even taught you to be aware of that, you know, to, to really walk into a culture where you see it in abundance in, yeah. in our African, my son lived in Africa for two years and he knew he was back in America when he landed in Atlanta mm. and everyone's phones were in their faces. Yeah. 
and he yeah. just spent two years in Zimbabwe where there was no food, there was yeah. no money, there was no no one's in their phone, and no yes. one's in their phone, and there yeah. was no political confidence, yeah. right? There was just corruption, and and he was starving when he got home, right? I mean, he was just <laughs> his pants were literally just like he'd walk around and they'd just come off, and yet he was just so like yeah. aware that he had been with happy people, yeah. and yet everything on there on their checklist of things they should have been happy for when they woke up in the morning mm. weren't what we just take for granted generally speaking and he's yeah. like i knew i was in america yeah. because no one was looking at each other yeah. and no one was smiling at each other and i just wonder isn't that interesting that this country that was like politically so divided and the police were corrupt and and there was no food and there was no resources and there was inflation like we have a one <laughs> We have a $50 billion bill from Zimbabwe that was worth less than our $1 bill, right? Mm -hmm. And yet he felt happiness for two years among people mm. that that shouldn't have been. And yeah. yet here we are. So what, what do we need to shift so that all that I acquire and all the stories I'm telling about you over there in that group... You know, where where are we not like releasing the valve in our pain so we even have capacity mm, to right. see each other yeah. and hold space for each other? Yeah, and maybe it. it's putting the phone down. I don't know. Could be. Yeah. Simple as that. <laughs> yeah. I heard it once said we used to look up for inspiration, now we all look down. Yeah. Mm. And uh yeah, it's you know, beautifully said both of those the God in me sees the God in you. Mm. I love that. Which is namaste, and I'm 200-hour yoga trained. I don't yeah. do a lot <laughs> Yeah, of you know that. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, and that's why it is such a sacred yeah. practice of like what culturally have, could we learn from other cultures mm, right. that do it better and yeah. do it more effectively? I mean, yeah. when I'm around any of the Polynesian people or mm. the Zimbabwean people or, you know, there's certain cultures that just generally, I'm like, you guys need to teach a master class because you figured something <laughs> out right. that that some cultures just that we need haven't. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Well, speaking of a presidential election year mm. and othering. <laughs> othering, yeah. You know, I, I'll, I have a lot of people um, that come to me and they're, they're stressed out about this year already knowing mm -hmm. what they think's coming like this war of words, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. the the mudslinging, if you will, and things like that, and and maybe Boyd, love to hear your thoughts on. I mean, how how do we navigate this year coming up? Just maybe the average person who's going to yeah. go through this and watch what's going to happen in our country, you know, and obviously there's going to be a great divide. It feels like at least. Yeah. How do we navigate through all that, and and you know, again, maybe show compassion and love for people who don't believe what maybe we believe in. Yeah. So I think the first thing we all have to do is not believe any of it because <laughs> there's not, because it's actually not true. The country is not that divided, right? It is not that divided. So that's a really important truth for us to put a stake in the ground. I like that. The vast majority of this country is center left to center, right? What we oh, hear God. from are the extreme left and the extreme line, love right? That. Uh, and they do this performative politics uh, mm -hmm. because that's what gets them likes and clicks and fundraising emails and so on. Uh, we affectionately refer to it. I know this is a family friendly, but we call it performative jackassery. Um, and that's what gets <laughs> that's rewarded okay. over and over again. Um, but it prevents us from having real conversations. So, so the first thing is to remember we are not that divided. Love that. Quick example. Uh, we've been hearing a lot of screaming and yelling about the border and immigration. Yeah, lately. And yeah. that is the great divide. It is not. Uh, mm -hmm. I am still absolutely convinced that we could solve 94.5% of the immigration and border issue in a single afternoon on the floor of the House and the Senate because everybody agrees. Wow. 
everybody agrees. Uh, yeah. But both political parties and the extremes of both political parties love this as a wedge issue. They use it to raise money for their campaigns. They use it as a way to win elections and to other the other people. Yeah. They're not just wrong, but they're wrong and evil. And so I think more than we have a political polarization problem in the country, we have a contempt problem. Ooh, and contempt okay. is that contempt is that belief in the worthlessness of another individual because you disagree. Okay. So you're not just wrong, you're wrong but evil. Uh, and so yeah. to me we have to get past that and and I think the most important thing we all should remember is that it is community it is community and culture that lead this country okay. and the politicians will follow. And it's been like that from the very beginning of the country. Uh, all of the early battles of the Revolutionary War were community driven. Uh, you got a problem, you go grab 70 guys out of the church and that's Lexington, Concord, Bunker Hill. Uh, those were all, they didn't have time for command and control. Right. It was just protect your community. Yeah. Or waiting for a tweet <clears throat> to tell yeah. them what to do. <laughs> what to do. Uh, I always love the example of Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in Major League Baseball in 1947. It took Congress 17 more years to make the policy to get change. any kind of yeah. change in wow. terms of civil rights Jeez, legislation. I didn't realize it was that long. Even the even the no-brainer stuff. Mother's Day. <laughs> Most people it's don't true. realize it's true. Congress voted against having a Mother's Day. I think it's like 18 times. Are you serious? Now, I didn't know that. As a guy with Seven sisters, a mother, a wife, three daughters, and yeah. three granddaughters. If mother's in the bill, the, the vote is yes. Yeah. Right? But Congress right. voted no. And this sweet lady from West Virginia yes. who, who just wanted to honor her angel mother, she gave up on Congress. She went back to her community. She mm. went home. And they passed a Mother's Day. And then oh, West okay. Virginia became the first state to have a Mother's Day. Wow. And then she didn't stop there. Then she went to Connecticut and Rhode Island. And only after every state in the nation had a Mother's Day, then and only then did Congress courageously, boldly <laughs> step forward and declare wow. we shall have a Mother's Day. Uh, and so, wow. so it's community and culture that lead. I always, I always get great motivation. We have in my neighborhood uh, the ultimate. And this is why politics never gets me down. I hate politics, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Just um, so good for his job, I, right? <laughs> approval. Uh, and I hate, but I only talk. I only talk about politics so I can explore society. And I explore society yeah. so I can yeah. get to the principles and the people who live them. Yeah. So I remember very clearly in 2016, uh, after a very contentious, divisive election, sure. yeah. uh, that Saturday, uh, we have a little thing in my neighborhood that uh, my neighbor, Denise Anderson, uh, who's also our mayor, uh, that we've done for years. We have, you'll love this, we have a 1K I do love it. Donut run. <laughs> Donut run. Yeah. 1K. Now, 1K is barely, not even the length of one of the streets in our neighborhood. <laughs> like, it's over. It is over before it starts. But everybody shows up. And so I showed up, and I, I'll i be honest, I didn't want to go. It was I was exhausted yeah. by the election in 2016. Yeah. I was yeah. done. Uh, but I showed up there on a Saturday morning, and people are talking, and there was a group of BYU students who had seen it on social media and showed up, <laughs> and everybody made donations to a, a great cause. Uh, the gun fired. 30 seconds later, everybody's finished. But then everybody stayed mm. for hours wow. and just had donuts and chatted about all the other things. I thought, you know what? Community and culture lead. Politicians will follow. They want us to believe that the answers are in Washington or in some marbled hall in Congress. Yeah. And they're not. 
they're in your home and they're in your relationships and they're in our community. And so as we go through all of this, most of it is just noise. Most of it's noise. Uh, I've never been more pessimistic about the politics in the country. I've never been more bullish on the future of the country. Mm. Okay. And it's because of the people. I love that. And you can go anywhere in this country. I was in Indiana just a couple weeks ago. And you walk down Main Street in Indianapolis, it's like, we're going to be just fine. Wow. These are good people doing good stuff. Even in the winter. Even in the winter. (laughs) Even though it was cold and miserable. Dang. The steaks were fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what? That's why I listen to Boyd pretty much every day. Well, right. I've learned so much in the last five minutes. I'm just going (laughs) mind blown. But I I do think. Seriously. I do think that it's about giving our power away. Yeah. And Mm. and I know Boyd has talked about it and framed it within political decision making and but I, I do think we do that all the time in our own lives. You know, I I went through a job loss um, in May of 2023 at the same time that my last child left home. And so it, it's just been a discombobulating a little bit just from an yeah, identity yeah, standpoint sure, yeah. because I've, I still have continued to work, but there was this like regular steadiness of motherhood and, and a weekly show that we're all of a sudden gone at the same time. Yeah. And I've spent the the better part of the last 10 months kind of trying to grapple with, you know, where's where's the power in my life and where mm. am I giving that power? Yeah. And and I've learned a lot about the power of wandering and wondering. Right. Yeah. And and if you read scripture, you see that God believes in that power where he takes yeah. us out of what's comfortable. He for for more than we really want to, we wander and, and the children of Israel are a great example of like a two mile radius. It took 40 years to get. Well, why? Because it's in the wandering and the wondering mm. that sometimes we get that wisdom and, and we want to arrive. We want to get there. And I think we want the election to be done or we want to, yeah. you know, pay off the house or we the want result, it. Yeah. We want the result. And I don't I remember saying, OK, I, I can wander until fall. And then fall came. Okay, I can wander until Thanksgiving. And then Thanksgiving came. And then Christmas and then New Year's. And here we are, February, at the time of this taping. And and I'm still wandering on, on certain levels. And it's not comfortable. You know, it's not comfortable. And yet yeah. what I've learned, and, and, and Boyd knows this, but I've started making sourdough bread. I'm the last person on the planet that's figured out how to do it. And so I've been doing a sourdough ministry. That's what I call it. And nice. and it's I wake, awesome by the oh, way. Yeah. I, I wake up every day and make a couple loaves and pray about who needs it. And that has been a really like it's sacred for me because oh, it's been this beautiful. bridge yeah. of everything we've talked about. It's allowed yeah. me to stay in compassion. It's allowed me to stay mm. connected. Um, mm. I've had some really powerful experiences where, you know, even last week, God was like, you need to take bread to this person. And I didn't want to. I had a whole story. We had history. Um, it was snowing really bad that day. My GPS took me in the wrong direction. <laughs> we ended up having a really sacred conversation, and it was painful. I mean, I held space for her pain. She held space for mine. We had told ourselves stories about what we thought the other person had been given, you know? Yeah. Um, and this loaf of sourdough became this um, bomb. And yeah, wow. I've had a number of those really quiet moments where I don't, I don't love the wandering, but I think we all have some sourdough we can share, you know, mm, maybe yeah. it's not for you actual bread, but we all have something that's kind of our maybe unique offering or our perspective on the world. Yeah. You both mm. do it beautifully. 
that can, if we make it not about sales or yeah. followers or policy change, can we, it can lead to conversations that really do shift the world. And on many levels, I, I came home one night and I was getting texts from the people I'd given sourdough to. And my husband is so great and so supportive and very busy right now. And he's like, see how you're changing the world with sourdough. And I was like, but I want the macro impact. I don't <laughs> yeah. want the micro impact. You know, I, I feel like God's put me on earth and, and, and that's really vulnerable for me to share. That's a really powerful yeah. um, wrestle that I'm having right now. Yeah. And, and I hear God and I hear Boyd and I hear Todd in my head say like, just keep showing up in the end for right now, wander a little bit longer and see where you're yeah. getting those lessons or shifts or changes and really not give that power away. And that was my whole tie back in like, <laughs> don't give the power back to yeah. DC. Have it be over the fence in your yard I love that. with your neighbor. Have it be in the conversation with someone the day after an election when you're doing a donor run. I'm coming this <laughs> you're <cutting> year. Better. <laughs> I am coming this year because you're right. At some point, a good chunk of the nation's not going to be happy in November yeah. when they wake up, you know. Yeah, and yet, not. maybe it's a smaller group than we think. That, yeah. Well, that I really love that. And I, I love that you pointed that out. And thank you for what you shared. Beautiful, um, Boyd, about I, the, all the stuff, the far left, far right. It's just stuff that, you know, gets clicks on the TV, yeah. gets our eyes on there. But it's not what's really going on. Yeah. And I love that you point that out. And I needed to hear that today, mm. actually. Because I have these people asking me and I'm going, <laughs> you're asking me? Well, yeah, it is a little crazy out yeah. there and good luck. you know. And, yeah. But I love what you said that it's we're actually more we're closer than we think. Yeah. Most of us are right there in the center right, center left. We're, yeah. we're, we're closer than you think. Yeah. And most people want the good for each other. Yeah. And, and, the, and the most important question we all can ask is, is not what some policy debate was or what some, you know, argument was or uh -huh. you know fist fight on cable news was <laughs> it was did i help a neighbor in need uh did mm. i show up for a brother or sister today yeah did i make that call did i send that text to somebody i thought i wonder i wonder how they're doing mm -hmm. today um mm. and because that's where it all happens it's yeah. it's it's not these marbled halls it's a, it's a teacher staying after class to help somebody that's struggling yeah. it's a fifth grader standing up to a bully for a friend yeah. it's a neighbor helping a neighbor in need and that's that's where <clears throat> it all happens and that's where we have to stay because as long as we're doing that the country's going to be fine now, the most important day this year is not the first tuesday in november it's the first wednesday of november because mm -hmm. on the yeah. first wednesday of november todd you're going to get out of bed you're going to be grateful yeah you're going to be excited and you're going to come in you're going to make it a difference in somebody's life and that's going to happen all across the country yeah. every single day. And the first Wednesday is way more important than the first Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, because you've, you've always told me that, by the way. When I was working <laughs> with you, you'd always say that. I'm like, man, he's so profound, man. It's, so, like to, it's all perspective mm -hmm. in the way we look at it. And I love that. Yeah. It's like, what am I going to do today to make a difference? Yeah. You know, because, again, I can't maybe affect what happens, you know, up on, on the hill there, if you will. But yeah. I can make a difference with the neighbor across the fence or right. sitting here with you two and yeah. hopefully people listen to this are getting, you know, fed, you yeah. know, and feeling better about themselves yeah. in the future. And, and sometimes, uh, you know, we have to have the reality check too. Yeah. There are really hard, awful, no good, terrible, really bad days yeah. uh, for all of us. Uh, and, and that's a reality. Uh, and so this is not about Pollyanna. Mm -hmm. This is not about glasses yeah. that are half full or yeah. half empty or rose colored or anything else. It's not about a kumbaya moment or a group hug. Uh, because sometimes you have to, sometimes you just have to move through it. 
Uh, I had a really interesting experience a couple years ago. I, I followed uh, President Russell M. Nelson of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints on a global ministry tour. Uh-huh. And <clears throat> he spoke to large groups starting in Western Samoa. And it was just this very interesting thing to watch. I was there to just kind of watch and navigate. And in Western Samoa, it rained and it rained. There were this big outside field. And then just moments before the meeting was to begin, the rain stops and the meeting was beautiful. Uh, and then they went on to Fiji. And in Fiji, it was raining and raining. And then they, they started the meeting and they were singing a, an opening song. And during the song, the rain stopped. Uh, and then uh, it was uh, Samoa from there, and it was the same pattern, and it rained and rained and rained, and during the opening prayer as they were starting this meeting, it stopped. Uh, yeah. And then we got to Tonga, mm. and the, the members of the Church of Jesus Christ in Tonga had come early, hours early. They had been invited to come. They were so ready to be fed. To, to hear words that were going to inspire them, galvanize them in their faith and their belief and their hope for the future. Yeah. And so they came early and there were thousands and thousands on this big soccer field mm-hmm. and it rained. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was almost a lake <laughs> by the yeah. end and it rained and it rained and uh, they got ready to start the meeting and it rained and they sang an opening song and it rained harder <laughs> and they said the opening prayer to the meeting and it rained harder and it rained for the complete time of the meeting. Yeah. And not a single one of those Tongan members of the church moved. They sat there in the rain. Yeah. They had been in the rain for hours and hours. And sometimes the rain doesn't stop. Sometimes we, we do have a, a tragic loss yeah. in our families. Sometimes yeah. we have really, really hard things. Uh, and sometimes it's just rain, but it, it is, uh, I always say it is against the laws of nature and nature's God that a storm will last forever. It's just not how it works. Yeah. Storms come and then ultimately they go. Some yeah. of them linger <laughs> really longer. long. <laughs> linger longer. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah. they do move on. Yeah. And so it's against the laws of nature and I think of nature's God that we have to stay in that forever. But we do have to be willing to sit in the rain sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some of the most profound things I think I've learned, I've learned sitting in the rain yeah. and the mud or sitting with a friend in the rain or the mud. Yeah. I, uh, I just had this same conversation with a friend yesterday about uh, a friend that, that in our faith, <laughs> you know, everyone in her family has left this faith and she's kind of left there. Yeah. And I think no matter what your faith identity is, you can relate to that feeling of sure, yeah. whether you're a Baptist mom or a Catholic dad or a, a Jewish, you know, sister, when you, you're feeling like, wait, I'm going to sit in the rain all by myself. You know, yeah. no one's going to sit here. And, and this other friend was asking about this friend. How is she doing? And I said, you know, I don't know. I don't know how many more rainstorms or mm. blows she can withstand. And, and some of us are walking around looking like we have sat through a lot of rainstorm <laughs> and it doesn't look pretty and we're barely it's hanging messy. out. It's yeah. messy yeah. And, and it doesn't look pretty, but <clears throat> the people I look around <clears throat> and, and I'm inspired the most by are <clears throat> the ones that just literally keep showing up and yeah. keep trying. Yeah. And it, it's not the people that have taken the easier yeah. way. Like it's not, those aren't the people that, you know, I don't know anyone that's, inspired me that said you know i 
I just, you know, decided I was going to go to school and then I got a job and mm. paid my bills and planted the garden and had the kids <laughs> and great. What do you, what do you have to share with me? Yeah. You know, I think it's the battered and the mm -hmm. bruised, you know, what is that great? Is it Roosevelt, right? The battered and the abused and the people that were willing to go out on the field. Well, we can talk about that. It makes a great hashtag. It makes a great bumper sticker. But when you're the person that's sitting in that storm or you've been mm. hit by lightning on top of sitting in the rain, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and it's obvious that you're not looking great. Uh, the people that keep showing up, I don't know mm. what it is, but if this is the one-room schoolhouse and we're all in it here together, some of us are the kindergartner that hasn't yeah. even heard of algebra. And then sure. there's others that are like, they've done advanced calculus and failed 15 times. We're sitting in the same room and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. I'm yeah. grateful that there are people I can look around and say, those are the movies, those are the books, those are the podcasts, those are the people yeah. that help me when the rain doesn't stop. Yeah. And oh, I'm sure. thinking there's a wisdom that came from your wound. It didn't come any other way. Yeah. There was yeah. no other way for you to have that wisdom and that beauty. and you know, the survivors of the Holocaust that went on to do mental health work and inspire us, v Victor Frankl and yeah. others, right? What would we have gotten if they hadn't been willing to steward mm, in those spaces? Totally. Yeah. yeah. And, and being willing to lean into that, uh, Gaina Lynn and I had uh, the opportunity on Gaina Lynn's podcast mm. <laughs> uh, to talk with one of my favorite <laughs> new friends this year, uh, Rabbi yeah. Brad Hirschfield oh, yes. from Rabbi New York. Yeah. Uh, and he's doing some just extraordinary work. Um, but he and I connected... Uh, on October the 8th. The day so after. The day after Hamas, oh, horrible, yeah. horrific atrocities committed. And he had written something. I had an amazing producer, uh, Bella Pinnock, who I still don't know how she, she's like a white wizard of some sort. She she tracked him down and uh, in like seven minutes and had him on my show live. Wow, that's and, amazing. And so here was someone who is Jewish, uh, who knew people, uh, who had family members who knew people or who ha had loved ones who were actually killed uh, in those atrocities on personal. October 7th. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right. it was real and it was raw. And he said something that just, I mean, talk about blowing your Dixie cup. Um, <laughs> mine is always, my Dixie cup always runneth over. You have yeah. to be old to understand what a Dixie cup oh, is. Yeah. I'm old enough. I'm yeah. old enough. I love um, the Dixie cups. <laughs> but, but he said something so amazing. Uh, he said, Compassion, kind of go full circle. He said, compassion demands that I feel sorrow, not just for my friends and loved ones or fellow countrymen or fellow Jews that died uh, in that atrocity. Compassion demands that I have sorrow for everyone, including mm. the Hamas soldier who committed the act and then was killed. Wow. He says, and it's not that we conflate things and it's not that we make them equal. Yeah. But compassion for every human life is the beginning. Dang. That's that is so profound, so powerful. Ooh. Yeah, and I don't think, you know, that means that I mean the same conversation with Boyd and Rabbi Brad when we were talking about interfaith work, anything that we're talking about whether it's mental health, whether it's yeah. politics, mm -hmm. whether it's interfaith yeah. work, whatever, it's all the gritty stuff, right? If we make it so vanillified and and we strip it down to really there's nothing left of grit, um, 
we're going to miss the, the beauty and the richness of whether it's an interfaith relationship or a conversation around politics or a, a conversation around our mental health, that there's power in really making space for the real conversations mm. and not making yeah. it so one dimensional that we lose the essence. But we sometimes as humans want to have that human experience. Yeah. Like we don't want to have the layers and the grit and the, yeah. right the cluster headaches yeah. and the relapses and the suicide death or the job yeah. loss or yeah. or the infertility whatever those things are but i i believe in a god that that shows up in those spaces and there will be a day that that's exactly what we express gratitude mm. over mm. Yeah. you know so. because that is where the sweet spot was that is where the beauty came that mm. is where the wandering and the wondering for 40 years the insights came where the spiritual muscles grew or the fortitude and resiliency that we didn't even know we had emerged, you know? Yeah. And I think mm -hmm. whatever, how many times for those in your audience that they've relapsed, how many times? I mean, I feel that in real sense of like, how can you get up off the mat one more time? Yeah. But what if this one more time is your gift and your offering, yeah, you know? For sure. Beautifully said. Wow, this is so good. So, so good, guys. Thank you for sharing so much beauty. Um, you know, not not to wind things down, but I think we probably have to. I hate to do Part that. Part 12. I do. I Gaina Lynn will break the internet, just so you know. She will. I, I know. The fact that she's on your podcast could break the internet. Could break the internet. Uh, stop. Not but, true. but I'd like to ask each one of you a question, uh, or, or just a, you know, to help someone, someone who's listening to this podcast right now, who is maybe in that dark place, who has fallen down, they're not sure how to get back up. They, they don't feel the connection. They, they are maybe lacking compassion in their own life and they struggle giving compassion away and they're just in a bad spot. What, what would you tell that one person, uh, Gainalyn, right now who's listening to this? So I've said it probably on your show and your show multiple <laughs> times, and, and I don't mind being a cliche and repeating yeah. it, that uh -huh. you know our life isn't going to be better without you. And the reality is, I think, whether it's addiction or mental health or discouragement over the headlines on the news where someone then is pushed to a point to take yeah. a, you know, a gun and, and mm -hmm. make a statement of some sort, there's this breaking point where we all wonder, you know? Yeah. Am, am I making a difference at all? Am I effective at all mm. in, in the spaces? Have I burned so many bridges? And, and I would just say I know profoundly 10 years after Meg's passing, even 18 books published and yeah. speaking events and media and all of those opportunities, my life's not better without her, you know? Yeah. And so I, I w in all sincerity that I can push into this mic, that there there is a need for all of us that God in my mind loves diversity and our divinity is found in that. Yeah. And so what, what I love is there's so much more embracing of what we uniquely have to offer in the world than there was in the nineties and the eighties and the seventies <laughs> when we were all growing up, right? Yeah. You, there was one way to do a wedding and a, and on life and, we were and drinking I, out of Dixie cups. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. we, we had we had to stretch the phone cord all the way down the hallway into a closet to have a private conversation and we still had to listen for the click in case someone picked it up and listened to it, right? right? I mean right. we had no Google. 
We had to go to the library and look at those encyclopedias for any answer. We couldn't listen to Boyd on a podcast or Todd on a podcast, right? There were so many things that was like, this is the way you do it. And I wonder if we've lost this sense of, well, now we have to be so unique and viral and we have to be some, now we've swung so far to the other side that we're trying to break the, the mold for everything. What is it about a, a great neighbor that takes a garbage can in and yeah. says hi? Like, mm-hmm. as Boyd said so powerfully, like, what yeah. we do matters in, on the micro level. And yeah, so, I love to that. your question, you matter. We need whatever is unique about you. Even if you, you're saying there's nothing unique about me. I There's nothing. I didn't create an Etsy store. I don't have a YouTube channel. I haven't solved... <laughs> cancer you know yeah. or the border issues or whatever that is we still <laughs> yeah. need what your so unique true. sourdough is in the world whatever that is you yeah. know and it and it may not be something on a macro level that you can measure or yeah. count but we need you and we're not better without you beautifully said boyd what would you say to that person uh, first i i would say you're you're not alone and so your job uh, is first to reach to reach out and if you're in a good space today, your job is to reach out. Mm. Uh, if you know someone who's struggling, if you know someone who's in a dark space, uh, if you're standing at the checkout line at the grocery store and you feel prompted to send somebody a text, mm. you better do it. That's reaching out. Yeah. Uh, I often challenge people to scroll different. Scroll different today. If you've got five minutes in between meeting, don't, don't go to your social media feed. Don't doom scroll through the news. Uh, go to your contacts and scroll through and you will be inspired to send somebody a text and you can say, I, <laughs> I was thinking about you just now Yeah, and you matter wow. and thank them. Uh, I've, I've texted people I haven't talked to in years and years, but they're still in my contacts. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I've been sitting there and like, I just thought of you today wow. and I express gratitude and, and make that connection because it is about those connections. And so whether you're in the big, if you're in the big black hole, uh, scroll, pull it yeah. out, and someone will come to mind who might be able to help you today that you can reach out That's to. That's been in that pit before. That's so. yeah, it's been yeah. in the bottom of the big black hole. Who's been uh, <laughs> and knows we've been the there. Way we out. know the way out. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing I would say is, uh, in in that situation, when when you are in a tough spot and you're feeling frustrated, uh, it's also important to remember, uh, and to remember things that you've done, people you love things that you've seen, places that you've mm, been. I love that. Uh, I often share the experience of, this was, again, old school. It was about 25 years ago. Uh, I was on the island of uh, Penang in Malaysia. I was going to speak to a bunch of bankers uh, <laughs> at a leadership conference yeah. down there, and I was driving into the hotel. And as I'm driving in, there's this mountain off in the distance. And uh, as everybody knows, I uh, there's nothing better than being on top of a mountain at sunrise. Uh, I do not do camping. Um, anything below a Marriott is technically camping in my space. So same, just to be very, very here. clear, same. very I'm clear. Okay, good. Same. We're all we're all yeah. on the same yes, page there. Totally. <laughs> so, but I do love to be on top of a mountain at sunrise. Like that's I love that. And then if I can go back down and shower and yes. you know sleep in a good bed, that's a good thing. So anyway, so as I'm checking into the hotel, I asked the clerk. I said, you know, is there a path up to the top of that mountain? She says, Yeah, I, I think there's a way to get up there. Uh, I said, What time would I have to leave in the morning to be up there? when the sun comes up on this little island. Mm, yeah. And she thought that was kind of funny. And she <laughs> she called over the bellman. They were all kind of joking about the crazy American. Yeah. Who wanted, Look yeah. at this dude. <laughs> Some crazy American wants to <laughs> climb it in the dark. Uh, undeterred, <laughs> about 4 o'clock the next morning, I got up, 
uh, went over there. There was a little path. I started making my way up the mountain. Uh, halfway up, two monkeys decided to join me Classic. for wow. the thing. So we all, the three of us, went up together. <laughs> uh, we got to the top, not sure where the monkeys went. But I'm up there on top of this mountain just as the sun comes up. And it was, I mean, 27 levels beyond breathtaking. Yeah, I could see the entire island. And then it was just a million shades of blue and green as far as I could see. It was magic. And I stayed up there for a while and just soaked it all in. And then finally it was time to to go home. (laughs) It's time to go back down the mountain, back back to work, back to the hotel, back to the job. And a little reluctantly made my way back down. Uh, But so fascinating. That night uh, when I got uh, to my room uh, after the event, uh, they'd done the turn down service. So if you have a mint on your pillow, you're not camping. Yes. So it's a good thing. Yes. Yeah, right. But they had also put this this poem on my pillow. And it's really interesting because we often ask, why climb? Why dig out of the hole? Mm-hmm. Why go back to rehab? Why, 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 why? And that was the top of this little card that was on my pillow. It said, why climb? Did everybody get that, or did you just? I have it? no idea. That's oh, I'm going to tell myself it, it was said, only for you. <laughs> yeah, it right. said why climb, and then here's the rest of it. It says why climb. It says what is above knows what is below. Oh. What is below does not know what is above. So one climbs and one sees. One may descend and see no longer, but one has seen. And there's an art to conducting yourself in the lower region of life by the memory of what you saw higher up. Wow. Wow. And for so many of us who have fallen, struggled, failed, we may be down in the valley of the valley of the valley, down in the bottom, but we still have a memory of what it was like higher up. And that memory is what needs to drive us and lift us and inspire us to reach out, to start that climb again. No matter how hard the fall was, no matter how bumped and bruised and broken you may think you are, Mm -hmm. just let that memory of that view from higher up, when you were at your best, when you were making a difference, when you were in relationships that mattered, when you did have connection to people around you in ways that were significant, uh, and that'll keep us going even on those no good, awful, terrible, really bad days. Dang, this is like a therapy session. <laughs> this feels so good. Beautifully said. Thank you. Wow. Just a beautiful feeling in the room. Thank you. Wow. Um, if someone wants to reach out to you, Gainalyn, and just get to know more about what you're doing, check out all your, your 18 books and and Listen, all the stuff you're doing, what, what would be a good way for someone to, if they want to talk to you? just start typing it in Google, and Google goes, what <laughs> name are you trying to find? Yeah. And it, good luck typing the name. <laughs> yeah. Make so, sure you spell it right. Yeah, two L's in the middle, G-A-N-E-L-L-Y-N, and and you, you'll you find me on all the places that yeah. maybe feel more comfortable. I, there's some platforms I, I don't hang out as much on, but I'm there, yeah. and I'm the only one with my name, so it's pretty easy pretty to find easy me. Pretty easy to find you. Find my website, and there's a link to all those places. and. And I love yeah. when the power of, of Believecast and other podcasts is that they live long and you never know when someone puts earbuds in and sure. and a conversation yeah. helps. And it, it means a lot when people circle back and 
take that extra step to give yeah. feedback and say, hey, heard you, heard yeah. that conversation. It really helps. So would love to hear from your listeners. Okay, I love that. How about you, Boyd? What would be a good way for people to reach out to you? Same thing. There's not a lot of Boyds in the world right. these days That's either. True. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are very unique. <laughs> <laughs> you can find it pretty easy that way. And, uh, and people can always just send me an email. Send me an email, Matheson, M-A-T-H-E-S-O-N, Boyd, B-O-Y-D-C, at Gmail. And I don't care what time of day it is. I don't care if it's 2.30 in the morning. Uh, Boyd's really if, good at responding fast, by the he way. He actually really is. He Honestly, is really like, good at as it. busy as it this guy is, you would think. It makes me nervous sometimes because I'm I know. like, wait, are you? It's like, boom, that was fast. <laughs> um, but I, I love that. Yeah, he, yeah, you really are. You're someone, who, and you mean what you say. When yep. you're saying, hey, it doesn't matter what time of day, care. you you will respond. And I, yeah. I really do believe that because you've done that in my life. You know, so and same with you, Todd. I know you're usually up at four a.m. So if I have, I'm up early. <laughs> He's Boyd up early usually, journaling. You know, and we're, we're we're telepathically talking yeah. to each other. I'm working on sourdough usually, and then yeah. I go back and do my meditations. So. Yeah. No. Well, hey, this has been fantastic, guys. Thank you so much for Thanks being for here and us. sharing your knowledge and and your love and compassion for not just the people listening, but for this mm-hmm. for this world that we live in, this country that we live in. Uh, I, I, I love what has been said. I've learned so much personally today. Hopefully you guys have as well. And um, I, I encourage anyone, if you're struggling with anything, reach out to, to Boyd or Gainalyn and or myself, and we'd love to help you any way that we can. If, if, the, if this touches one person's life, I know that's cliche, but we really mean that. Like, yeah. if that helps you be a better neighbor and look at maybe this upcoming you know, election year differently. Like, mm-hmm. you know what? Cause it's made me look at it differently just based on what I've learned today. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to do that and be more that way. And I love the, you know, scroll through your contacts and find some person that stands out that you haven't talked to in a while and shoot them a text or call them and tell them that you love them. I love that. So thank you guys. Thanks. Thank you. Well, there you go, folks. I told you this was going to be an amazing <laughs> podcast. Um, thanks for tuning in. Um, Please share this with your friends and family, especially, you know, if you have ones that are struggling and you're not sure how to maybe even break the ice with them, sending them a link to this episode would be a great way to break the ice and it allows you to follow up. Hey, what'd you think about what was said in there? What can I do to, to show up for you kind of thing? And so please do that. Again, thanks to my sponsors and again, all the listeners. Thank you. It means the world to me and I love you. So guys, Boyd, England, love you guys. Thanks for being here. Till next time, everyone.